Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumb Cast. In this, the high noon of season five, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every goddamn page of MT2, the Weird Weird West, the second in a trio of time travel adventures for TSR's Marvel Superheroes RPG. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Weird Weird West was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 11 of The Weird Weird West. Today's page contains chapter 2, which is entitled Eddie, Who's Eddie? There's a little pun there, you see, because our heroes, as always seems to happen in these time travel stories, manage to get themselves caught in a time Eddie. You'll recall that last chapter, after heroically defeating the red, blue, and yellow wires, our heroes got in their repaired time machine and went to investigate a temporal disturbance in 1871, uh, which is very standard time travel story practice, despite the fact that if you think about it in spatial terms, it's like hearing on the radio that a forest fire has swept over the highway and driving down to the highway to investigate. But anyway, that's what they did, and now they will pay dearly for advancing the plot. Quote, While rocketing back to 1871 to investigate the disturbance, the heroes are temporarily caught up in the, quote, wormhole eddy left in the time stream. It's there because of time travel events that are kind of spoilers, so I'll leave that aside for now. Suffice it to say, time is fucked, and when time is fucked, everybody is fucked, especially time-traveling player characters. It's time to make some time-piloting roles. Quote, By this time, the heroes are quite familiar with the time ship and know how to operate it. If you did not play through MT1, have one of the players pass an excellent intensity reason feat to figure out how the ship works, spending karma if necessary. First of all, we're going to become very familiar with this phrase, spending karma if necessary, because this adventure calls for a lot of die rolls that you have to succeed in to advance the plot, um, but which are difficult enough that very possibly the player characters will fail. And so the adventure kind of operates on the assumption that as a judge, you're going to throw a lot of challenges at the players and say, here, here's a die roll. Make this die roll or the story stops. Then when they fail the die roll, you say, time to spend your XP to turn that into a success. There's only one outcome. The question is, how upset at me are you going to be? How much XP am I going to dock you for failing die rolls? So this is just one more instance of that. However, this die roll is not too difficult. Excellent intensity is a little rough, but if you have anyone on the team who has remarkable or better reason or excellent reason and a relevant talent of some kind, you're probably going to be fine. Which honestly sticks in my craw a little bit on behalf of the player characters who did play through MT1, all this and World War II, where we spent an entire adventure with our time machines stuck in a ditch while we were trying to stop Hitler from taking over the world because we couldn't figure out how to pilot the fucking time machine. But if we're brand new characters in this adventure, and we were just like guarding this time machine in a warehouse for S.H.I.E.L.D., and then we heard an alarm and decided to go ahead and just pull the lever and hope for the best in the time machine, it's like, eh, make a die roll. Eh, make a, make an excellent intensity die roll. You can, you can figure out how to pilot it. It's like, boy, it would have been nice to have this option when the Axis was about to conquer time and space. Especially because, again, excellent is not too tough. Uh, speaking of which, today is when we're going to begin tracking our three player character groups that we created back in all this in World War II. Ford's Furies, the government-sponsored, officially authorized super team founded by Gerald Ford. Uh, the Misfits, a ragtag band of women from other super teams and super partnerships who decided to quit their super jobs, join together, and start charging for their superhero services so that they could have benefits and days off and things like that. And the Secret Zoomers, a time-traveling group of Generation Z superheroes. I created all three of those groups back in all this in World War II so that we could track all the various ways to proceed through these adventures. 
The paths only diverged a little bit in all this in World War II because that adventure has such a narrow flowchart. Like there are only three places where you have options about how to proceed at all. This adventure is much more open. So it's a good thing we have three super teams. We're definitely going to need them all. And not only do they help us track different ways to get through these adventures, but they also give us some example super teams along with the West Coast Avengers, who are like the default team depicted in the art here, to consider how different team makeups will cope with the challenges in the adventure. So for example, all of our sample teams have been through all this in World War II and they all know how to fly the time ship by now. But if they didn't, if this were their first adventure, I think the secret zoomers would be fine. Their alien member, Extra the Extraterrestrial, has a reason of 20 and happens to have the physics talent, which I would allow to apply to figuring out how to pilot a time machine. So that's an effective remarkable. She would be fine figuring out how to fly the time machine. Over on Ford's Furies, the mutant hero Iron Blood, whose extremely high blood iron content gives him a variety of amazing physical and mental powers. Uh, because of the constant high supply of iron to his brain, he has very high intelligence. That is how it works in comic books, I've decided. Uh, he's got a reason of 40, so he's going to have no problem here. But the Misfits might have trouble. If they were starting in this adventure with a brand new time machine trying to figure out how to fly it, maybe Glass Cannon could do it with a reason of 20 if she could apply her student skill. Just generally speaking, she's a fast learner. That's kind of what the student skill is for, good at picking up new abilities. If the judge stretched and let that apply for a column shift, then she could get up to an effective remarkable and probably figure out how to fly this thing pretty easily. And maybe, I mean... As patrons will know, if they've listened to the TVA Archives series, Superball has a human form, Rhonda Dela Cruz. She's got a reason of 20 and she's got the history talent. So if that player's got a, a lack of shame and a lot of hustle, they could try to argue that the history talent would apply for a column shift in piloting a time machine. But yeah, overall, the team might well have some difficulty. They might end up having to roll a straight reason of 20, which would mean they'd need a yellow result on the table. They might well have to spend some karma. And the West Coast Avengers are actually in a worse position, possibly. Vision, as always, would make all aspects of the adventure a piece of cake. He's got an excellent reason. He's got the repair slash tinkering skill. So that would bring him up to an effective remarkable. He'd probably have no trouble flying this time ship. If he's not there, if it's some other group of four West Coast Avengers and nobody decided to play Vision, uh, nobody else in the West Coast Avengers is remotely qualified to figure out how to fly this time machine. I mean, the person with the best shot would be Moon Knight with a reason of good. If the judge very generously decided that his skill as a driver, like an automobile driver, would help him pilot a time ship, then maybe they could get away with a yellow result. But otherwise, if Vision is not there, the West Coast Avengers are going to need to roll a red result on the table. None of their odds are good. Almost certainly if Vision is not there, the team would have to spend karma. We're not going to run down every one of these teams for everything that happens in this adventure, but here I thought it was important because of what happens in this chapter. It's important to note that just as certain superheroes and their abilities make it trivial to get through certain encounters, certain teams lack certain abilities that the author kind of assumes they'll have and sort of assumes that the team will just spend karma to make up the difference if nobody on the team can do what the author is asking them to do. So in this case, you have your smart science person or your smart mechanic person fly the time machine. And if you don't have one, well, just spend a bunch of karma, right? If it's Tigra, Hawkeye, and their chaperone Moon Knight trying to figure out how to fly this time machine, they might as well not even touch the controls. They, they should just line up and just beam their good karma directly at the console out of their bodies, like the Care Bear stare, to get this time machine running. Because nothing they can do intellectually or physically is going to have any effect. They're running on pure karma. And they're not done yet. Here's the box text, quote, you throw the control, which drops you on the trail into the past. 
Soon the queasiness starts. It's nothing new. You've experienced this sort of thing before. Time travel has a whole world of wonderful side effects all its own. But this time it seems different, more intense, more complete. Your suspicions are quickly confirmed by a loud thud that echoes across the outer hole. You have definitely never heard that before. Whatever you're heading into, it doesn't look good. So, having made the excellent intensity reason roll to pilot the ship, if you didn't start with MT-1, you now face your next karma sink. I mean, exciting challenge. Quote, Inform the pilot of the time vessel that a series of rapidly flashing historical events are passing before his or her eyes, and keeping the ship on course is quite difficult. In order to navigate the eddy, the pilot must keep the time ship on course and not shoot back too far into the past. Before the ship can land, the pilot must pass three obstacles. Each obstacle requires a good intensity agility feat roll. The intensity of the feat is increased to remarkable if the heroes were unable to wire 40 or more units of power through the control console in the first chapter. If the pilot fails a feat, the time ship is vigorously buffeted about and everyone inside takes five points of damage due to the stress. At each obstacle, the pilot must also choose the proper route to keep the time ship on course. So, okay, first of all, if you didn't get the little wires to add up to 40 in the number puzzle in the previous chapter, then each piloting roll has a remarkable intensity, which you'll remember from our refresher last time, means that if whoever's piloting the time machine doesn't have a remarkable agility or better, then they have to roll a red result or they fail and everybody gets fucking Star trek into the walls of the time ship and they take five damage every time a roll has failed. And there are three rolls. Which of these teams uh, has a pilot who could handle these extra difficult piloting roles? Starting with the West Coast Avengers this time, only Tigra has a good shot here. As a tiger, her driving skills naturally are quite good. She's got agility of incredible. She's going to have no problem with a remarkable intensity piloting role. The next best option would probably be Moon Knight, who has the driver's skill, which maybe should apply here since this is more like steer the time ship around the time cones more than like figure out how the temporal physics work. But his agility uh, shifted up by his driver talent only amounts to remarkable, which means he would still need a yellow result, which he only has about a one in three chance of getting. So if Tigra isn't here to pilot the time ship with her tiger powers, the next best option, the trained driver, would be expected to make about one of these three rolls if he's having average luck with his dice. Same with Hawkeye and same with Wonder Man, actually, based on their raw agility. The reason that I say Moon Knight is the next best option is because his agility actually goes up when the moon is up. So if Moon Knight can really get into a, a deep temporal mechanics discussion with the judge about whether or not it counts as the moon being up when you're in the time vortex outside time, Moon Knight might be able to squeeze a little bit of extra agility out of that. But yeah, if Tigra's there, this is probably going to be okay. If not, if this is the West Coast Avengers first time flying a time ship, they're probably going to fail two or three of these three piloting checks and everybody's going to take 10 or 15 damage. Of the original super teams that we're following, the Misfits would be in about the same boat. They've got a number of Remarkables on the team, but nothing higher, so they're going to need a yellow result. The other teams happen to have more agile characters, so they're going to be fine. But again, it's, it totally depends on the composition of the team. It's reasonable to have a, a good, strong, balanced super team that has very little chance of making these rolls. And if that's the team you've got, spend karma, says the author. You know, the essential life-saving resource, also your XP, just spend that. Why should I knock myself out designing an adventure that characters can complete successfully when you could just uh, blow XP and pay to advance the story? But of course, all of this doesn't come down to XP. All of this doesn't come down to the pilot. All of this doesn't even come down to the player characters. The players are the ones who want to hear a story here. Let's fucking put them to work. Remember that at each obstacle in the time vortex, the pilot must also choose the proper route to keep the time ship on course. Quote, read each of the following sequences of historical events 
to the pilot and ask him or her to choose the event which took place after 1871. If he or she is correct, the timeship stays on course. The correct answer is printed in bold type. If he or she is incorrect, the ship is buffeted off course and everyone takes another five points of damage. If the pilot received a red result on the agility feat roll to navigate past the obstacle, he or she need not select a historical event and can proceed on to the next obstacle. So if you ace your piloting checks, then you don't need to do this bullshit. But if you don't, then the player playing the pilot also has to answer the following questions. Which of these things happened after 1871? The signing of the Magna Carta or the publication of Freud's theories concerning the unconscious? Now, I grant you that's an extremely easy question for an adult or for a teen, hopefully, although kids these days, etc., etc. But if you were a small child, you know, if you were one of the children to whom this adventure is pitched, maybe a six-year-old just getting into role-playing, which is the age I was when I first attempted to play this game, uh, wouldn't necessarily know what the Magna Carta is or when it was signed. Obstacle number two. Which of these things happened after 1871? Colorado becoming a state or Nebraska becoming a state? Here's a question to fuck not only with our young players, but also our non-American players. Want to enjoy a fun role-playing adventure in the Wild West? Hope you've studied up on your American history, otherwise your character might die before you get there. Finally, question number three. Which of the following happened after 1871? The Franco-Prussian War begins, or Rutherford B. Hayes is president? Ah, of course. How better to engage a young prospective role-player than to make them do a logic puzzle, have their character get into a timeship, and then tell them that their beloved superhero bangs their fucking head against the wall and cracks their skull open if the player, the child, cannot correctly identify the chronological order of the Franco-Prussian War and the presidency of Rutherford B. Hayes. Anyway, every time you fail a piloting role and then fail the history quiz, you take five damage and then an additional five damage. So that's ten damage. So once again, this depends on so many factors. Do you have a high agility in the group so that you're making these piloting roles? Do you have a really high agility in the group so that you're making these piloting roles well enough that you don't have to answer the quiz questions? If you've got a low agility, do you have people on the team with body armor so that they're not taking damage at all from these five points of damage here, five points of damage there? Or do you have a squishy member of the team, like let's say Scarlet Witch in the West Coast Avengers, who has 48 health? 48 health. If she's playing with a West Coast Avengers team with no Tigra, then it's entirely possible that the team will fail all three piloting roles. What's more, let's say that the pilot is Wonder Man, being played by, for example, a six-year-old. If that six-year-old cannot correctly identify the chronological relationship of the signing of the Magna Carta to the publication of Freud's theories concerning the unconscious, then Wanda is going to fly into a bulkhead repeatedly and possibly take a total of 30 damage. 30 of her 48 health just from banging the fucking walls in the time machine before she even gets to the Old West. Of course, we could avoid this fate. There's no reason we have to fail these piloting roles. We could just spend karma. Now, this made me think, maybe we should check in on how a group might be doing if they've been spending karma to get past these tasks. If this is your first time with the time ship and you had to make the excellent intensity reason roll to pilot it, if nobody in the group has an excellent or higher reason, one of the characters is going to have to spend an average of 45 karma to get the time machine running. That's not a maximum, that's an average. Somebody in the group is immediately getting hit for 45 karma just to get the machine running in that event. This is your first adventure in the series, and very likely your last, by the way. Then once somebody spent 40 karma, if you have the misfortune to have a scientist on the team, and therefore you did have to do the logic puzzle last chapter, and you didn't hit the arbitrary secret benchmark of 40 points in that logic puzzle, then you're going to have high-intensity piloting feat rolls. If you don't have someone on the team with remarkable 
agility, you're going to need a red result on every piloting roll. Let's assume that you never get one, which is quite likely. Let's say our pilot is a six-year-old playing Scarlet Witch. You're going to blow every piloting roll, and this six-year-old is probably going to choose wrong at every obstacle. Everybody on the team has now taken 30 damage. One player has spent 40 karma already, and either everybody on the team takes 30 damage before the adventure really begins, or Scarlet Witch is going to have to spend an average of over 40 karma for every piloting roll. Scarlet Witch starts with 60 karma. She will have perhaps picked up 20 karma in the last scene, so she'll have 80 karma. She'll have just about enough karma to completely wipe out her karma, and therefore her XP and her bennies, to make two of these three piloting rolls. So this three-person group of superheroes will arrive in the Old West with one person down 40 karma, the other person down all karma, and everybody 10 health down, in addition to feeling shitty about ourselves, because we failed both the logic portion and the history portion of this quiz, which is all this adventure has been so far. God forbid there's a pilot who doesn't have enough karma to make even one of those rolls a success. For example, let's say from the Misfits that a Superball in her human guise as Ronda Dela Cruz, which has more agility, is the pilot. Not an unreasonable choice for the Misfits. She only has 40 karma. So with an average of over 40 karma per roll, if she blows all three of these piloting rolls, which she very well might, she won't be able to make one of them a success. Although she commits to spending karma on these three piloting rolls, if she has enough karma to make them successes, she may end up failing all three and spending 30 karma for the privilege of not having enough karma to succeed on those rolls, so that Ronda Dela Cruz would end up taking 30 of her 60 health in damage and spending 30 of her 40 karma, in addition to the rest of the team taking 30 damage apiece, in addition to somebody on the team having spent 40 karma to get the machine running in the first place, again, before there's been an encounter. All we've done so far is a number puzzle and a history quiz. And what is the and what is the net result? What is the narrative payoff of this? Nothing. This is a speed bump. The dumbest thing in this page is this is a pointless scene where nothing happens except a series of randomly trivial or punishing roles, depending on a variety of factors outside the player's control once play has begun, that have no impact on the story, but simply charge health or karma depending on how your dice roll and who you happen to be playing. There's no role playing to be done. There are no choices to be made. It is simply an exercise in dice rolling and out-of-character history knowledge that, if you're playing the wrong character, may virtually drain you of your in-character resources before play begins. Absolutely fucking horrible design. I hope this episode has had a couple of jokes in it. I don't really remember. I am, I am like, pissed about this chapter. If I were a player, especially after the, the number puzzle, after sitting through that bullshit... If I get to the next scene and my character ends up with 30 points worth of head injury from banging into the sides of the time machine because I watched another person fail to correctly identify the year that the Franco-Prussian War happened, and now we're all fucking bruised and battered and out of bennies as we step out of the time machine, I'm going to need some real good cowboy shit in the next scene to make me stick with this adventure. Anyway, join me next time as we are all inescapably stomped on by a 20-story dinosaur on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at Kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>